Josh Kilmer Purcell and Dr. Brent Ridge are the husband and husband co-founding team behind Beekman 1802, a goat milk-based skincare line that's developed directly from their goat farm in upstate New York. Beekman 1802 has an incredible story and I cannot wait to share it with you all. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or you're simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guest for today, Josh Kamapurcell and Dr. Brent Ridge, husbands, reality TV stars, and co-founders of the goat milk-based skincare line Beekman 1802, Josh and Brent are unstoppable. They launched Beekman 1802 upon discovering the incredible skincare benefits of their homemade goat milk soap after moving to the historic goat farm in Sharon Springs, New York. As they shared their products with neighbors and word spread, it wasn't long before Beekman 1802 became a fully-fledged beauty brand and inspired Josh and Brent's reality show, The Fabulous Beekman Boys. Documenting their farm life and creation of their lifestyle brand, the show became a hit and quickly grew a huge community. And there's so much to dive into today from Josh's experience as a former advertising art director, drag queen performer, and more recently best-selling author, to Brent's career as a physician and former VP of Healthy Living for Martha Stewart Omnimedia. So Josh and Brent, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's great to be here. You never have to ask Josh twice to be interviewed by someone with a British accent. So he's awesome. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll up my Britishness. Somehow it makes me sound smarter. Just <laughs> Exactly. It's funny. Whenever I'm in America, um, I have this like American twang and people are like, oh, where, which state are you from? I'm like, aha, uh-huh, you see, they can't tell I'm from London, but now I'm going to stick to my, my London accent. Um, so guys, I, I ask all my guests the same questions. I'm going to ask you guys the same and I'll, I'll start with Josh and then we'll go to Brent. Um, who in a nutshell is Josh? Um, I am a creative, I, I'm a creative person. I think that is my yeah. full answer. I was, I was born creative. Yeah. I grew up as a problem solver, you know, growing up um, gay in a small rural area and then moving to New York City with no money and, and doing all the things. I have just always found creative ways around every obstacle in my life. I love that. Uh, and Brent, yourself? I would say that I am a scientist and um, I'm a very logical thinker. And I always know whether we're talking about strategy or formulation, something like that, I always know that there is an answer. I just have to um, propose the correct hypothesis and then figure out how to get to to that answer. So I would say I'm a scientist and that's that that uh, kind of dictates how I think about the world. What a perfect amalgamation of the two worlds as well. I think that's like the perfect yin and yang that you guys have. Um, I, I do want to talk about how you guys met and then the birth of the brand. But before we do that, I think it's good to go back to kind of uh, 
the origins, baby Josh, baby Brent. Um, so individually, I know you both were born in different um, states. I think Josh was at New York and then Brent, North Carolina. Yeah, I was, I was actually born, yeah, born in upstate New York, um, but was raised, raised in Wisconsin, you know, by a, a very average American family um, and went to school in Michigan. And, but always, you know, as that, you know, creative person, gay person in small town, I was always looking to get out, you know, like a lot of people, not that I didn't love where I grew up and I didn't love my family and, and it was all wonderful, but I was always looking for more, yearning for more. So in my head, I always knew I would, had to get to a bigger city. New York was always my, my dream. And, uh, and, you know, had to get to New York and, and I got there through advertising. That was my, my way of getting there. And, and then I, I know you, yeah. As, and and b- b- before we get to Brent, I want to talk about that a little bit because you, you went to New York and while you're working advertising, was that when your career as well, like on the side as a drag queen started in, in clubs in New York and different cities around us? Yes. I mean, any, any, you know, young person starting out who just moves to New York knows that it's just really hard to you know make a living in New York. So I was a junior art director in advertising um, by day and at night I had to make money to pay my rent. So um, I became a drag queen. I know it's hard to envision that looking at me now, but um, I, you know, I, I had a great time. I went to clubs. I did a lot of things I probably shouldn't have done, but I don't regret. Uh, and I do that all night and wake up in the morning and, and go to work in some of the top agencies in New York City. That's amazing. It was, you know, that marketing background that I got in advertising and even as a drag queen, you know, like having to yeah. go out there, get the gigs, entertain the crowds, uh, that sort of background in, in advertising and persuasion has been, has proven invaluable, invaluable my entire life, including starting a brand. Well, I, and Brent, uh, I, so tell us about your kind of upbringing and memories from there. Yeah, well, mine's much less colorful. Um, I, yeah, I did grow up in North Carolina and um, went to medical school in North Carolina and had moved, uh, first went to Boston and did some research in uh, research fellowship uh, in genetics at Harvard, and then went to New York City to do my training in, at Columbia. And that's where I met Josh. And um, we never dreamed that our lives would take us where it took us. Um, but you know, I think we've always been some of those people that just go with the flow and yeah, I mean, we both had pretty set paths. I mean, Brent was a, a physician, you know, scientist in New York city, Columbia, like best hospitals, best everything. Um, and I, you know, and I was in advertising doing really well. And so we had like set paths in New York. Um, and it wasn't until 2000 and, and well, when we bought the farm in 2006 and then we, we lost our jobs in the recession of 2008, that everything we planned just fell apart. We had to start over. I mean, that, that's, I think those moments are like really tough to digest during the moment at that time. But then you can really go back in time from today and be like, well, look at where we are after that, that experience. And I think for anyone listening, going through similar things, it just shows that there's only ways to kind of change your mindset to kind of grow from it and, and become like the phoenix from it. I think this is very important. Um, so what was the exact moment? Like, how did you guys meet? Um, I'm really curious to know. Well, uh, we had we met online um, the old-fashioned yep. way. So this was back in nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. So it was still AOL dial up, you know, yeah. <laughs> with a modem, and um, we just met in a chat room. And uh, I had never dated a guy before, and um, you know, we met. And-, and I was the original internet stalker. Like I was like stalker number one online, and because he would not go out with me because he never 
he'd never dated a guy before. And we were chatting for a long time. We, you know, we're getting along and he would not go, you know, meet for coffee. So I kept asking him questions throughout the chat. I was like, you know, where do you work? How do you get to work? Do you walk to work? How do you walk to work? And then I figured out through that where he lived. And then before he disconnected, <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going to be at the subway stop by your house tomorrow night at eight. And you're either going to be there or you're not. And, uh, and he was. And his mom was so was... proud that he had finally landed a doctor. That's right. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that, is that incredible how, like, if he didn't go to the subway, he wouldn't, we wouldn't be speaking today. Like, isn't that just incredible how one decision in one moment in time can create a flurry of, like, uh, I guess, impact on the whole planet and the world? Like, you know, you've hired people in your company. You've changed people's skin. Like, all of that you've done. They're just going to the subway. Yeah, that's right. So that's, you know, very important. Uh, I love that. And then I know you had a, a TV show. So was that sort of like um, an idea by who? And then how did that pan out? Well, we, um, you know, when we were still had our careers in the city back in 2006, um, we had bought this weekend place, um, this weekend farmhouse, about three and a half hours outside of the city that was built by a gentleman named William Beekman in the year 1802. Um, and we were just going to use it as a weekend getaway. And, um, in 2008, uh, we both lost our jobs and had this huge mortgage on this farm that we had purchased. And we had to figure out how we were going to, you know, save the farm. This is really important because, you know, we, we always say our, our brand is based on two key ingredients, goat milk and kindness. And, when we first moved to the farm, we had no idea. You know, we had our jobs. It was just a weekend getaway. And we got a letter in our mailbox one weekend from a man named Farmer John, who was a neighbor. He was losing his farm. He had 80 goats. He had nowhere to bring them. And he said, can I bring my goats to your farm? And we said, sure, you know, bring your goats. There's a little house. You can live there too. And we had no plans of starting a brand. We had, uh, you know, we thought we were going to have our jobs forever. But it was that first act of kindness that later, when we lost our jobs in 2008, those were our resources. Those goats that we brought in through that act of kindness became the, the roots of the brand. So, yeah. you know, everybody always thinks the word kindness that we use in our brand is sort of this like marketing gimmicky thing. But like yeah. our very roots are based in kindness. We wouldn't be here today without acts of kindness and our neighbors helping us in return. Exactly. It, it, it's all connected that and I think it's really important question. that didn't answer your question at no. all <laughs> but I but I, yeah <laughs> continue anyway but I, I did I love the answer I was like I even I forgot the questions <laughs> you asked me about the, the TV show and that TV, yeah so we lost our jobs the recession recession hit we lost our jobs we had to figure out how we're going to save the farm we had these goats we googled we literally googled what can we make with goat milk and we started making uh, goat milk soap around the table with our neighbors. Now, you have to remember, this was 15 years ago. So no one was making a huge amount of money selling DTC online. Josh was going on job interviews in the city concurrent to us trying to start this business. And he went to a job interview for a marketing position. And he didn't get the job. But it was for uh, Discovery Networks. And the person that he was interviewing said, wow, this is a really fascinating story about these two guys who had these great careers and now they're starting over. And during that time period, during, you know, 2008 recession, so many people were in our position where they were trying, you know, they lost re everything and needed to re rebuild themselves. And so they said, this would be a great, um, you know, docu-series to just follow what happens with your life. 
And that's how the Fabulous Beaver Boys show mm-hmm. came about. Gay New York City guys, the goats. I mean, it's what could it be if not a reality show? That really did document, you know, and I love like there was a statement that stayed in my head I think that's probably I don't know if it was like coming from the show or it was created but like was it you Brent that said like when life gives you milk goat's milk you change the world and I think that's so I love that I love it's such a great kind of outlook to to the power of I think also like what you have around you in those moments can really be used in ways that you you have to visualize and dream about and, and and make um I think it's like that kind of lemon to lemonade story. It's, it's such a great idea to kind of link it to that. So yeah, um, it, yeah I love and that. I'll, and I'll say like with reality TV, you know, so much has changed in reality TV in the past 15 years. So a lot has changed since we did reality TV. Um, and maybe it's, you know, kind of diminished in its kind of cultural relevance. But what's so important from a branding perspective for us is that, you know, it really did document those beginning days of the brand. And, um, you know, so many, um, you know, brand, you know, as you know, in the beauty industry in particular, so many brands are created every day. It's like, it seems like, you know, another hundred brands every day seem to pop up and to have that as part of our heritage and documented in that way is, has just been, has proven to be so valuable. That, that, that lemons, the lemonade, goat milk to, you know, a beauty brand that's changing the world is, like such an important to us, an important like founder message because, yeah, you know, as as the last few years, maybe not the last year, but, but you know, before that, it was so sort of simple to start a brand. There were so many people that were just you know getting borrowing money or had an idea, and they were only doing it because it seemed like an interesting, fun thing to do. For mm-hmm. us to start, I mean, it was true desperation. And and anytime somebody asks us, how do you, you know, how do, I want to be a founder, how do I start a company? What should I do? We always, we always be like, you have to be desperate. You have to be hungry. Um, it doesn't mean you have to lose your job and have nothing, but you have to really want it. It can't just be this cool little thing that you want to do because it, it seems like other fun people are doing it. Exactly. You have to, and, and you have to have a, a real core why and authentic, mm-hmm. um, I think, like love and passion for the brand because I, I think that separates the, the the brands that will stand the, the I guess the test of time and all yeah. these things craziness around us right whether it's the pandemic whether it's a recessions all that stuff that we can't control that is the the tethered point that I think makes a lasting business that could last for generations whether it stays within your yourself your family or goes through a strategic or whatever it's important mm-hmm. to have that dna from day one and, and i think you guys have done a phenomenal job like every single person i that speaks about your brand in the in the beauty industry for example they really speak so highly of everything you do and all your touch points have that kind of excellence and like love and passion so yeah just be really proud of like what you're building right it's really is changing the world um in ways yeah. thank you yeah you should be really proud um so i know you mentioned 15 years ago it started as that soap and then of course um the demand probably from friends and family neighbors were increasing of i want one or i want this so when when did the idea start to create an actual skincare line yeah, we probably have a very unusual path to um you know the beauty industry when we first started the company You know, I had just um, been at Martha Stewart um, and so really understood kind of building a lifestyle and media company. And that's really was the origins of Beekman 1802. And when we first started, we had many different verticals. We had a gardening vertical. We had a food vertical. We had our beauty vertical. 
um, that had included the soaps and some lotions and some other body things care. body care that we were doing. And, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the customer, we call of our customers neighbors, um, they really did just gravitate toward the beauty. And mm. part of the reason why was because that original goat milk bar of soap that we were making was so impactful for people on their skin. And, you know, of course, I had heard about, you know, people using goat milk on their skin. I had patients when I was practicing in New York City who used goat milk, but I'd never really given it a lot of thought. But when we started making the product and then people started saying, oh, this really changed my skin if I had eczema or I had psoriasis and I use this and it's better. And so I thought, well, I really want to figure out why this is helping people's skin. And, you know, the first thing that we um, realized was that goat milk had the same pH as human skin. So when people switch to using the goat milk soap, particularly if they have problematic skin of any sort, um, Mm. they weren't uh, damaging the, the, the pH balance of the skin and they were therefore protecting the barrier of the skin. And so that was really the, the origin point of the skincare. And we went along with just cleansing for the first you know, probably 10, 12 years. Yeah. We were just cleansing and a little bit of body moisturizer. Um, and yeah. then, um, it was, everyone was having such amazing results with the cleansing and the moisturizing. Um, and then people started using the body care on their face uh, and getting such incredible results. Then Brent was like, okay, I really need to know more about the science of goat milk. And we started researching deeper did you know we did the first white paper on on the components of goat milk and the nutrients and why it had been used for so many thousands of years and then once we understood the core of that science we could sort of amp it up you know like and that was sort of the genesis of okay now we have the 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 beginnings of an incredible skincare line and that was really all brand in the science and actually on that, what is like in a summarized version, because that's like a whole new podcast, we can talk about the science, but for, for anyone listening, I mean, obviously we know about the, from the um, uh, certain benefits that can come from uh, goat's milk uh, in, in a lot of different industries, but for skin specifically, why, why is um, this kind of goat's milk and this kind of, you have a prebiotic kind of ingredient. Like, why is it so powerful? Yeah, I'm going to start first. So first of all, it's the nutrients. So like goat milk itself has 34 different nutrients. Every drop of goat milk has 34 different skin nursing nutrients. And, you know, we've listed them all and they, like that alone, if you were trying to create a product and you added, made these 34 nutrients, that alone would make a great skincare product. But then the other reason it's been used for so many years is the microbiome. And it's just that we didn't understand the science behind the microbiome until the, you know, the past five years. Um, and so what we're learning about the goat milk and goat milk as an ingredient is the only beauty ingredient that has been certified as an individual ingredient as being um, microbiome supportive. And it does come down to those 34 different nutrients that are in every single drop of goat milk. And, you know, what's fascinating is that um, you know, years ago when I was on the medical wards at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City, after someone had had a long course of antibiotics, you know, IV antibiotics, we would always give them yogurt um, with probiotics to repopulate the internal system, internal microbiome. And the reason that you see live probiotics in yogurt when you go to your grocery store shelf is because the bacteria um, that the live probiotics in that yogurt feed off of the natural sugars that are in the yogurt until you consume them and get them into the body. So it's a source of sustenance. 
And so that's uh, our theory of exactly how it's working on the surface of the skin is that these lipids and these oligosaccharides and these other 34 different nutrients in the goat milk are nourishing the skin's microbiome. So not replacing, not adding a new bacteria into the skin, nourishing the current microbiome and making it as healthy as possible. And you're nerding out. Here's here's all I need to know. Yogurt for your gut, goat milk for your skin. Like it's that. I, I'm a sci- I, I, I'm an engineer. For me, I love this. But yeah, maybe the <laughs> listeners are like, what is he saying? They <laughs> but generally yeah. speaking, continue, I, I'm like, I could listen all day. I'm like, yep, love it. Um, but but it, I, it I understand like, like yeah. it's good. It to, comes down yeah, to the microbiome. The <laughs> microbiome, exactly. Yes. And, and, it's, and it's important that we we really take the the time to educate ourselves with something that I think often isn't found in beauty, like goat's milk isn't predominantly found in majority beauty products, right? But as you said, the, the benefits are there. It's actually from the micro, is it the microbiome family or the age, whatever, it's like certified as an ingredient, which is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I think that is enough to be like, whoa, okay, this totally makes sense. But why do you think a lot of um, companies are not utilizing the goat's milk um, ingredient story. This is this is again we have that same question. Why haven't haven't mm. other companies picked this up? Because every we travel a lot. You know we, we've been we love to go travel around the world. And every place you go in the world, every market you go to, farmers market, and every local from you know Africa, uh, India, Europe, South America, every place has a place selling goat milk soap. I mean every everyone. So. And it's been this way for millennia. Cleopatra used it, um, bathed in it. So that was our question too. Like, why has nobody researched this? Why it's been around for a millennia all around the world? The one ingredient that's been used around the world for skin skin care, um, why is nobody using it? Um, So there is no good answer to your question except... I was going to say, it could be that, I, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, people look at competitive market and landscape and you guys have been doing a phenomenal job, at, you know, showcasing it. And I think a lot of people are like, look, if there's a brand that does it great, they've got that market share. That's great. Right. Sometimes you don't need to create it. It's more than just using milk. Like we don't just, you know, pour milk into bottles and exactly. Like we, we have so much brand, more science. Yeah, with the science yeah. and the way that we hydrolyze in, ingredients and concentrate it. And it's not easy to do, I think. That's probably one of the main reasons, right? You can do it in a local store with a soap, but to make it be shelf compliant, uh, beautiful in the packaging, last, go retail and, and be that transferable in that many SKUs, I think, yeah, it's probably why it's not been done as well because <laughs> it needs some, like an engine that you guys have built. Now that's, and you know what? That's something that I think uh, if there's more and more in the future, it's always, a, I say the same with Ayurveda. I'm like, why is there not really many brands doing it? But sometimes, Sometimes there's answers that are not meant to be told, just being, you know, just have to move ahead. That's it. Yeah, they just need to be answered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I want to talk about the products because um, you've obviously got an array of beautiful products, both in the skin and body space specifically. Um, But uh, can you tell us about maybe what product you started with and where we're kind of at today? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, the, the very first product we ever made was the bar of soap. And, um, you know, to date, I think we've sold 30 million bars of that pure wow. fragrance bar of soap. Um, up until up until last year, it was it was our number one selling product um, across everything. Yeah. But last year, it got, it, yep, it got uh, uh, bumped down to number two by our 
Yeah, yeah. By, by Bloom Cream, which is our hero moisturizer. Um, and um, the reason it's called Bloom Cream, going back to, you know, you know, the microbiome is that anytime a microbial environment is optimally nourished, then it causes a microbial bloom. And so that's why it's called the bloom cream, because when you nourish the surface of the skin with the components of the goat milk, you're optimizing the nourishment of that environment and you're causing the microbiome to bloom. And when that microbiome is healthy, then you have decreased inflammation and, you know, therefore healthier skin. And um, so that's that's um, Bloom Cream and why it's become so popular because it's a great lightweight moisturizer, but also having these nourishing benefits. And the packaging is incredible, can I just say? The fact that like it comes out like a flower. I've never seen that in my entire life. So that is also oh. just like just out there like it's so innovative. Yeah. yeah and from a, you know, from a, a founder perspective, and I'm sure you can understand that packaging nearly killed us trying to figure I out can imagine. how to make that happen. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> but worth it, worth it. <laughs> so Bloom Cream, obviously the, the bio soap, which yeah. we know is a hero cult favorite. Um, yeah, what are some other ones? So those are those are the basics, like basic cleansing and basic moisturizing. And then what we what we've how we've expanded the line is taking that basic goat milk formula with those 34 ingredients, the, the microbiome protecting, and then looking at concerns that people have. Um, aging skin, do they need extra ceramides? Um, uh, uh, dull skin? Do they need extra vitamin C? So then we're, then we're creating products on top of that sort of basic goat milk base um, to c- address certain concerns. And we really drew to our focus on people who have problematic skin and sensitive. or who have sensitive skin um, because, uh, you know, we know that there are, are people out there who always want to try the latest skincare, whatever, something with 10% acid, 20% acid, whatever. Um, We know that that's a very popular thing right now. And what we have learned is that when, you know, even people with sensitive skin, if they choose to use something that's a little bit more harsh on their skin because they think it's going to give them a better benefit, or maybe it does give them a better benefit, but they're having some sort of reaction to it. What we found is that by using the bloom cream, which will help rebalance the microbiome, they can help diminish the amount of that inflammation. And so um, even though we make a vitamin C serum and we make a Bacucciol serum and things that are formulated for people with sensitive skin, uh, what we want Bloom Cream to do is be that product that even if you do want to go outside the ecosystem of Beekman 1802 and try something that maybe is harsher, um, that you can then still have a product that can help calm and re-nourish the skin. That's one of the biggest challenges we have in the in the beauty industry, and you probably feel this as well, is this idea that more is more. Yeah. That, like, like it, this one is 10% lactic acid. This is 20%. This is 800%. You're like, that is not doing yourself a favor. You need to find the right amount for your skin. Um, just like, you know, fertilizing a plant is great, but over-fertilizing a plant will kill it. It's the same thing with the microbiome on your skin. And, and, and so many messages are out there uh, sort of advocating those higher percentages, those higher harsh actives, uh, it's it's hard to, to combat that. If, uh, and in terms of like, uh, do you find from a storytelling perspective of all these products, right? Like there's, when you have, I guess, past a certain point where you have a lot of SKUs, um, how do you find is the most effective way to get people to understand what's best for them and then also why um i mean there are things like quizzes and this you have a skincare consultation i saw online like what has been the most effective ways for you guys um the most effective thing actually well two things on tv retail 
um, which uh, comprises about a third of our business, QVC and HSN and some international TV retail. We have the great benefit of being there to explain everything in detail um, uh, longer than, you know, the 15 seconds that you have on a TikTok, you know. Um, and so that has been incredibly beneficial. Um, and then also in Ulta, you know, our focus in Ulta is really eventing um, and having our field team in the stores, explaining the science, explaining the history of the brand and the importance of kindness. Um, and so we, we, those, those two things are probably the most valuable to us at this moment. Because they're both, it's, it all comes down to getting the product in someone's hands. Uh, you're the same thing. If you believe in your product and you know how amazing it works, it's just doing whatever you need to do to get it in their hands. And then, the, then they'll continue buying I love that. And I love the fact that all those things you said are also very much tethered to a form of education and enough education with storytelling. I think like uh, we live in such an era of ephemeral society, right? Where we think about every piece of thing we do has to be three seconds, five seconds. But, you know, there are other avenues that you can do, especially I think the most important if you're in retail is, is field staff, right? Education and in-store events um, is, I think, kind of like a no-brainer yeah yeah and, and i would say you know it's just a different type of business like you can yeah. have a business that is very digitally driven or very um you know social media driven and you can have a really good robust business that can scale really quickly and it can also yeah. come down really quickly um and i think yeah. you know our philosophy has always been we're building a brand that is meant for longevity um, and it, yeah. it's not saying that this is a, a, a beauty a type of business that's different from another type of business or better than another type of business. It's just different. And, um, yeah. and we always, you know, we have always said we've, our business has grown neighbor by neighbor by neighbor. Again, that's what we call our customers. And so word of mouth to us has, has been our growth engine. And we were so happy. We it, recently, it was just validated. We did a, like a full survey of our, of our, of our neighbors. And, um, like normally most brands, like, you know, why did they purchase is, you know, I don't know, like 70% some social media or, or something. And then, you know, like 20% word of mouth or whatever. Ours was nearly yeah. 80% word of mouth. And so for us, that made us realize yeah. like, we just need to keep giving our neighbors the tools to spread the message. That's where our marketing dollars should go. And speaking to the power of branding, like, you know, if you look at our, you know, lifetime value of our customers it's about two and a half times the industry average um again because we've always focused for all of 15 years about neighbor by neighbor and about the power of Mm. brand not about the power of selling the product yeah um and and that's why brand is so important yeah um i think particularly coming into the economy that we're coming into couldn't agree more myself Uh, i mean when you talk about brand i think one of the most integral parts is like you know having key pillars, making sure all your touch points stick to it. Um, But I think a lot of people starting businesses today, especially beauty brands, it's a bit tough, right? Because there's a lot of product out there. Retail is a lot more stricter. The barriers to entry, while they're easier to create products, it might be harder to get them distributed. Um, What is some advice you would give to like new founders or like say like early stage beauty brands um, in terms of if they can only choose one or two avenues with a limited budget, what should they spend their time focusing on? Um, Well, I think you first have to decide what type of business you want to be. Do you want to be one of those quick businesses and you're, I've got a product now, I'm going 
get it really popular and then it's going to go away. I'm going to launch my next brand or whatever. Which is a valid business plan. Yeah. We're not knocking it. Yeah. Yeah. Or are you going to build a brand that you hope is going to be here a hundred years from now? And I think that's the first Mm -hmm. question. Yeah. Both completely valid types of business. You just have to decide which one you want to do. And then you go from there. Um, I think if you're, if you're trying to build something quickly and sell it, go find your investors, get as much money, you know, you spend all Focus the money on, on revenue yeah. and then exactly yeah. but if you're doing which the is other harder thing, yeah, yeah. spend the time yeah which Hard, is harder to do now yeah <laughs> and then i think if you're if you want to do that you know that type of business that is like uh kind of a longer term play um then i think you just have to be very specific about how you choose the partners that you choose and how are they yeah. going to help you tell your brand story how committed are they going to be to helping you grow that business for the long term um yeah. and you know Whichever avenue you choose, you, you know there's going to be pros and cons to it. Uh, but I think yeah. choosing that right partner is uh, is essential. And I mean, I, we would yeah. I would say don't don't choose a partner for a while. Like get the mm. get the proof of concept of your brand. I mean, when we started in the last recession, which I think is going to be true of this recession too, there was no investment. I mean, there was you were not shark tanking your way into a brand. Um, it, so, you know, we created products and we couldn't create the next product until we sold the one we just made. Um, so that's getting that proof of concept that your product is good. It resonates. People will like it. They'll repurchase it. Like getting that without the interference of marketing dollars and partners and investment that's the key to know whether or not your brand is on the right track for the long haul. And you'll be better off for it. You'll get a better, if you get then raise an investment later, you'll get a better valuation. Yeah. If you make, you know, if you get the right lab partner, you'll know exactly what you need to do. Like it's, it's kind of like the most sound first step that, you know, don't, it's like, it's like being born. Don't run so quickly and also enjoy yeah. those moments. Like I, I, I'm sure you feel the same as your business scales there are so many days where we go back. Oh, I remember those days where I got so excited about my first article. I bought like 10 of them and I hang them all on my wall. <laughs> you know, like, and now that you get like articles every day, you're like, oh, we were in this article. Cool. We want this. And you know, you miss those moments because it becomes, you, you're kind of immune to it. And also you're too busy. And I think that's the most beautiful part. I liken it to a, a puppy, like a dog. I'm like, uh-huh. you love those, you know, you don't want to I mean, I, unless you like um, adopt or, you know, uh, rescue, uh, you often want to have a puppy for a couple of months mm-hmm. and then enjoy that early stage and then it grows, yeah. right? And when you have the puppy, you're like, oh my God, yeah, the teeth are so sharp. I can't, yeah. Exactly. Then, it's hard, but it's yeah. so cute. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but I do, I think that it's funny that you say that about like remembering yeah. those moments and those beginning moments, because I think for us, every one of those moments, even now, 15 years in, we mm. still get so excited about because- you yeah, know, like, we're like we're going to be on this podcast today. That's so exciting <laughs> because because we you know we grow neighbor by neighbor even to this day. That's like so oh wow, true. they're going to be yeah, yeah. a thousand people who might want you know, be listening today, and that's you know a thousand potential new neighbors, and we we don't take a single neighbor for granted. That's amazing. But I, I think you know you did the latter of which it's kind of like what we're we're trying to we're doing too, right? It's taking the time to nurture, grow. This is a timeless brand that we're building, uh, like you're building. I think, you know, the, the thing we, I should, we should say to, I think people that are raising like 10 million year one off the back and it's valid, not, not mocking it, as you said, but just take that moment to like, don't hire like a whole leadership team, like month one, like, you know, take that moment to just breathe, enjoy. And 
what's the rush i always say like there's no rush really needed um in, in these things um but yeah it's it's a whole conversation for another day but i think for anyone listening that's thinking i think there's a really good takeaway is just to like be mindful of uh, to make sure you are doing the right journey for you and uh, and and for the, and the, for the product and for the business right and the stakeholders involved your customer is always the most important so yeah it's really really good advice there and I, it really comes, I think one of the main things is to always think with your product, you, what you said there about loving a product and take the time to love a product. So if you would not buy your product, I mean, and really, and really separate yourself from the thing you've created and, and say, pretend like it's a stranger to you and look at, look at everything, the messaging, the packaging, the efficacy. If you would not buy that, it's not a great idea. It doesn't matter how much white space it fills in the market. 100%. It's not a great idea. hundred percent. I mean, no, I, I couldn't agree more myself. I feel like it's, uh, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses that that's not the case, uh, but you should use or enjoy your products. I think is the most important thing. And and I think that's, that's something that I feel um, kind of is a difference between like a mindful business and like a, and a business that's for like just making money selling. Um, I, I want to, and I'll be honest, I want to see the industry move to more, more like a conscious, mindful business and, and impact entrepreneurship as opposed to just money driven because if we have a, a lot of it's why I get frustrated when I see books like get a million dollars in one year and all that kind of stuff it's like this is like the wrong type of entrepreneurs I want to be surrounded with in my world because I love when there's heart soul passion and impact um, and you guys like honestly when I scour through your website like the word kindness was the word that I, I felt came through the most and I would love to kind of have you guys talk a little bit about sort of what you do with your whole like impact side of the business. Um, and you're like, you have like the nurses, the planet, the skin, like tell us about it. Yep. Well, again, as Josh said, you know, our whole business started from that original act of kindness when we took in a homeless farmer. Um, and so it's always been part of our DNA. And, you know, we, we always say that particularly us as outsiders to the beauty industry, we never thought we'd have a, a beauty company. Um, we look at the beauty industry as a way to have bigger impact outside of the beauty industry because beauty is so important to people. And so, you know, because, you know, beauty becomes part of your daily ritual. It's a point where you're um, doing something kind for yourself and that has a potential for a ripple effect. We always thought, well, how can we use people's natural desire to have beauty in their lives to have a bigger impact and spread more kindness around the world. So that's really what we try to do with our products is say, okay, you're interested in having healthy skin. Um, great. We're going to give you that. But the trade-off is, is you're going to ha have to hear us talk about the importance and power of kindness in our lives. And kindness is, you know, Brent's scientific background, kindness actually is skincare. I mean, that's something we learned too. Yeah. When you, when you do an act of kindness, you receive an act of kindness and you, I mean, it's as simple as when you get goosebumps when you do something nice or somebody does something nice to you, that's actually a physical reaction to kindness. So kindness is deeply rooted in wellness. So it's people always say, oh, well, that's always nice. You've got this kindness, you know, marketing thing. But it, for us, it's not an add-on. It's actually part of wellness. It's actually part, it's a very uh, competitive business strategy for us as well. You know, the beauty industry is not known as a kind industry. You know, they... Exactly. For years and years, they, they they grow by pointing out flaws, making you feel self-conscious, making you feel not beautiful. Um, so for us, it's a competitive strategy. It's like kindness can beat your competitors. Like it's a really tough, and Andrew. people always think kindness is very soft, but for us, it's a really hard, really scientific thing. And then ultimately, you I know, the idea of beauty 
um, is all about perception. Mm -hmm. And if you are kinder to yourself and you feel better about your life in general, about what you're putting out in the world and what you're receiving from the world, you are going to perceive yourself as a more beautiful person, no matter what your skin looks like. Um, and so that's really the bigger thing that we're trying to say is like, yeah, you can buy lots of products that are good for the skin barrier or have hyaluronic acid or have vitamin C. But if you don't feel good about yourself, They're not gonna work. you're not going to see it on the surface of your face, no matter how great your skin looks. Um, and so we're just trying to, you know, so all of our marketing initiatives that you mentioned, like nurses first, um, you know, we, we put all of our marketing dollars towards things that we feel make the world a kinder place. Nurses um, touch uh, so many people uh, every day, every week. So giving them special discounts, special programs, special benef benefits, we feel spreads kindness um, even better than our product can. Um, nurses first, we give micro grants to communities so that their communities can grow. Um, and then the most interesting thing we've done um, uh, during the course of the pandemic is we worked with an organization called kindness.org um, to mm. fund the first ever um, research uh, to validate a tool to measure kindness in the workforce. Um, and we worked with researchers from Oxford and Harvard um, and kindness.org. And what's really important about this is because we spend, you know, more than a third of our adult lives in the workplace, we knew that if we could influence the amount of kindness in the workplace, then the potential for that to ripple forward and actually have cultural changes um, would, uh, would be really, really powerful. And so, um, you know, we, um, you know, we had a, about a group of 10 companies, big companies like Ulta, Nestle, um, all join us in this research study, uh, to validate this tool. Um, and so, so now companies from around the world can go to kindness.org and measure the amount of kindness in their companies and decide how they, um, need to move forward. So basically just talk Akash, never to ask us about kindness because we will just go. I love it. it. No, I'm literally yeah. like, I'm literally Googling now kindness.org and I'm like, gonna, like, this is where I love about it is that you don't just have like a mission statement. You go so far into it with your brand. It's like, it's like, it's an evolving journey and you're educating so many people around you on, I guess, like how deep a word can mean and, and the stigmatisms that sometimes are associated with certain words. Uh, you make it a tangible, uh, I guess, experience and practice. But at the same time, you're a beauty brand. Like it's it's incredible, right? How far we can go with a product business and make a real impact in people's lives. And, and that's the difference between a brand and a product, isn't it? I mean, like exactly. people talk about your brand values. They're not separate from your product. They're not separate from what you do. They're not a marketing campaign. Like kindness is core to our product. So yeah. every time we use kindness, it's actually helping our product. And if you look exactly. at our, if you look at our product ingredient list, our inky list, kindness is listed as one of the ingredients. That was so hard to get approved. <laughs> what I haven't even seen that. Okay, I'm gonna go check my products at home, and that's <laughs> cool. That's that's my bad. You can tell I'm like uh, I, I trust. The thing is, when it's a founder and brand I love, I just trust in the inky list. Uh, I'm like mm -hmm. it's all good. If I'm shopping like new brands, I'll like definitely scour it. But I mean, that's the thing. When I trust the founders, I'm like I'm a sucker. Like everyone asks me, "What's your favorite brands?" I'm like. It's only brands that I know the founders because I just love, you know, <laughs> when I put a person behind it, I have trust, you know, that's just me. And if, as long as yeah. I've like met the person and they're like, they're cool people, I'm like, yeah, that's I, I trust yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, that's amazing. So, so 
future for Beekman 1802? What's sort of like on the horizon for you guys that you can share? Um, and yeah, what's the plan? Um, well, uh, by the end of this year, we will have completed our full store rollout at Ulta. Uh, so we'll be in all Amazing. doors at Ulta. Yep. And um, we'll actually are, yeah. And we're actually launching our fragrance to skincare, uh, body care at Ulta. We've only done not fragrance-free products at Ulta up to this point. Um, Which is important because there's no, there are so few body care products that are uh, safe for the microbiome. So yeah, And so we worked with Givadon to um, create microbiome-friendly fragrances, which will come out um, at the end of this year in, in our products. And then, interestingly enough, we are looking at the latest biotechnology fermentation processes. And what we've done is we've taken those 34 different key nutrients in that we've identified in the goat milk, which are good for the microbiome. And we are actually um, bioengineering a vegan form of the goat milk. And so um, next year, we will have our We'll have our first products that take the um, key peptides, the key acids, the key um, uh, nutrients from the goat milk in a vegan formulation using the you know bio, um, biotechnology. That is so because currently the only vegan products are your serums right now, right? Currently, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they this is going to. Yeah, that's going right. to be that's going to be incredible. That's uh, yeah, really exciting. Oh, let me know when that that's all. But we're not going to put really we're not putting any goats out of work. We just yes. need to no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I, for me, like I'm a vegan uh, food like foodie, I guess, but mm-hmm. I was still like, um, like, you know, uh, as an Indian, like, you know, we had milk on our skin and it's like really important, like for, you know, certain benefits. So for me, that's why I use your products. It's like, it's not a um, big yeah. issue, oh, but I know there you. are some consumers that kind of have that kind of veganism, like full mm-hmm. 360. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea f- to have products for them for sure. Well, and only it's only been recent, you know, the recent advancements in using microbial biotechnology fermentation processes that has made that possible. Um, and, you know, we, we always say it's just like eating a healthy diet when you're eating, you know, fruits and vegetables. You're going to get a more complete nutrient that way. But you can also take a multivitamin, which is kind of like our yeah. vegan formula, which has certain of those ingredients that are, are exactly. there. So it's like it's it's a it's a good solution and then as it evolves over time it's kind of like exactly what's happened like with i guess like beyond me and how it's like evolved so yes. much now we're like right. you can't even tell the difference half the time so it's it's, it's a journey right and then yep. who knows where where the vegan formulas will be in five years time but that's exciting that that's you guys right. are investing into the space to to pioneer that so that's incredible um so yeah so really excited um i have five round questions now before we wrap it up but i have a desert island situation for you both bearing in mind you're both coming so you can both take a different product but i'm being very strict and you can only take one beekman 1802 product with you which one are you both taking i'm i'm taking the soap the soap because it's yeah, yeah it's original just gonna and and i can i even can use our soap on our face so it's that's the do all for me. Uh, and I, I mean, you can't use my soap because <laughs> I'm assuming well, we're going to be on the desert island for a long time. So they're big yeah. bars, so we can take them out. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I think since we're going to be in the desert, I will take our new um, SPF tinted serum um, mm. because it, it has the gua- it has the goat milk, it has the squalane. 
um, yeah. has SPF of 43, but also it has tint in it. So if you have to do a zoom on the desert island, your skin will still look good. <laughs> Love that. That's such a, but I mean, yeah, you guys can both share. It's fine. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you guys can, you'll be the most uh, sought after in the island. All the other founders will be like, <laughs> so please. Uh, so now we've got a fire round question. I guess we'll start, I mean, uh, let, just, just because it's uh, on my list, I'll start with uh, you, Josh, and then Brent. Um, so first question, Josh, um, what's another beauty brand? And it could be in any vertical that you're currently loving right now. Oh my gosh. That puts me on the spot so much. Fable in Maine, which I, I, mean, used, I used this morning and you can see how silky you, my hair is. I did. I know. I, I love it. Oh, it's a I wonderful. Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to say not just product. But I'm just going to say a brand. I love Elf. I love what they're doing. I love what they're growing, and I love everyone I've met there. So, um, Elf and and Alicia Keys skincare brand, and Ke- so, yeah, which is part of Elf, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. So. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I love so, okay. independence, obviously, but like I think they're a big, bigger brand doing great things. Love that. Wow. Well, beautiful answers. And uh, Elf is one that um, I think we're going to do some kind of partnership with, like a, a giveaway or something with, with Key Stalker. And I actually found out from the email exchange. I was like, wait, it's Elf email? I'm like, ah, it's the same team. So yeah, it's cool. I didn't realize that. My next question is what or where is your happy place, Josh? The farm. It's, it's, I'll be more specific, the kitchen in our farm. You know, we, we grow all, all of our own food there and we, um, uh, you know, we have the goat milk and um, we make cheese and yogurt and ice cream and everything. So it is kitchen at the farm. And Brent, is it still in a place or different place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My place is at the kitchen table at the farm. Not only because that's yeah. where all of Josh's good food is, but that is where <laughs> we started the business. We, you know, we were a kitchen oh. table business. And uh, oh, I love that. That's such a beautiful. Yeah, I can I can visualize it. That's amazing. Um. Also, I read online di- divergent question, but like you guys do like farm tours or like goat tours, or something like maybe goat tours, yeah. farm tours. Yeah, we That's um, cool. yeah we and we started that years ago as as sort of again proof of concept. Like if people people want to come see their brand, their brand and see where it's created, there aren't many brands you can go to a physical place. No, you know, and, and be part of it. That's so cool. I love that. That's such a such a great idea. Again, bringing that community and that transparency, right, to the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, my next question is: What is your hidden talent? Um, yeah, but e- either one of you can go. I mean, I'll just keep it open. Okay, my hidden talent um, is anxiety, um, and <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's 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 crazy. You know, we talk about mental health. Uh, it's very yeah. you know, big to talk about nowadays, but I've always felt that yeah. my superpower is anxiety um, because. Every day, every second of every day, I'm thinking of everything that can go wrong. Um, mm. And that, uh, the positive side of that is it's, I am an incredible strategist. Like I see what's coming, what's, yeah. what could happen, what won't happen. Yeah. And so I'm very glad that I have anxiety issues. And my, uh, hidden, ta- my hidden talent is, I think, optimism and always seeing the best in everybody um, and, yeah. you know, saying, oh, you know what? You have an amazing skill at X. Let's figure out how we can make the most out of that skill. Um, so, you know, I never look at anybody and, you know, write them off and say, oh, you're not right for the company or you can't do this. I'm like, oh, you're good at that. Let's figure out how to make the most out of that thing that you're good at. So, um, that is yeah, optimism. Well, that's also perfect. Like anxiety, 
finding the problem before it happens and then optimism solving the problem before it happens. It's like the perfect uh, duality there anyway. So that's great. I love that answers. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite quote or like a saying that you guys keep close to your hearts? So this is so many. funny because we're, yeah. we're writing um, a business book on entrepreneurship right now. And yeah. it's called Goat Wisdom, Greatest of All Time Wisdom. Mm-hmm. About I these love. sayings, yeah, and um, uh, our the one that matters most to us is "Love Thy Neighbor," because um, you know we always say that if you just treat the person who's standing next to you or the person who lives next door, yeah. this, um, is, this is this is really key to us because every religion, every belief system in the world has a version of "Love Thy Neighbor," and they all use that word neighbor. "neighbor." They don't say "Love yeah. all mankind" or "Love everybody" or whatever. It's about neighbors no. because if Start you take care there. of the people next to you. Yeah. Takes care of the person next to them, and eventually it goes around the world. Yeah, it's the job. most powerful. I love that. And I love that. Love thy neighbor because it's sort of like it can be used in so many ways. It could be in your office, the person next to you. It could be your mm-hmm. family. It could be you know your work, your actual physical neighbor where you live. Yeah, yeah, it's such a but, great. And, it's, and it also stops. You know, it stops the worry of the world. We, as individuals, we cannot take care of the entire world. You know, we, we just can't. And, and with this, with the way the world is now, we have all the information in the world, but we can't impact all of it. But we can impact our neighbors. And that event, that is how you impact the world. Love that. Uh, my last question, guys, is if you weren't beauty entrepreneurs, what would you be doing right now? Oh, uh, that's hard to say because we've done everything in addition. Everything we've wanted to do, we've done in addition. If <laughs> I just say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I love food and um, I love uh, helping other people. So it would probably be some sort of connection um, with feeding people who need to be fed. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I would just talk, I would just be talking to people, you know, as I did as a physician, trying to help them make better life choices, no matter what, what it is, it's, whether it's a emotional, physical, whatever, just helping them talk through their problems and, you know, helping them make better choices for themselves. Uh, uh, I love, uh, I love ending with that question. Cause it's sort of like a nice, like bow to like, you know, there's always like, we're, we're winning a beauty brand. There'll be, there'll be a time we do it. There'll be, but there's a lot more opportunities to try and learn new things. So it's like a reminder to ourselves to be like, you know, there's also these things that we want to explore. But um, Josh and Brent, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you guys and hearing your story. It's, it's truly uh, just puts more color to the beautiful brand that I already know. Um, but I'm really glad I got to hear your, 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 your stories and anecdotes. Um, but for anyone that wants to continue hearing them and following your journey, um, where can they find you guys on social and also the brand and the website? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the brand, Beekman1802, you can find at Ulta, QVC, HSN, um, you can follow the brand on social media at, at Beekman1802. And if you want to um, be in personal touch with us, our social media is at Josh and Brent. Um, and you can follow us there. And Akash, we just want to say how much we uh, admire you and what you're building and the heart and soul that you're putting into the brand and connecting founders. That is really important and something we missed in our early days. Thank you for doing that. Yes, we see the passion that you have for your brand and that inspires us as well. Oh, no, thanks so much. I'm so glad, you know, we're connected and this is just like the beginning of a beautiful friendship on this crazy journey of uh, of life that we're on yeah. together. So, yeah, thanks so much. And, and then uh, I'm going to come by and, and I'm going to come to the farm. So let's uh, let's arrange a time when I'm next in town for that. That'll be amazing. We'd love that.
hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.